Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Anthony Booker, and welcome to the Gathering Place Ministries. Today we're going to be talking about part two of Will There Be a Third Temple in Jerusalem? Will There Be a Third Temple in Jerusalem? And the reason why I'm making a part two is because we have to understand that the Lord is building a temple, a church, but it's not a brick and mortar. It's of souls and spirits of men. It's in the hearts of people, a place where he can habitate, a building, a people of God that he is bringing together. I want you to listen to how Ezekiel shows us his vision of the temple in Ezekiel 40, verse 1. And here begins the reading of God's word. It says, in the five and twenty year of our captivity in the beginning of the year in the tenth day of the month in the fourteenth year after that the city was smitten in the selfsame day the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me thither so far the scripture the first year of their captivity was in 597 BC 597 uh, minus 25 years equals 572 BC Ezekiel begins actually to see and have a vision of the temple in a sabbatical year, which was 572 BC. He sees its blueprint and its building itself. The Lord then instructs Ezekiel to speak this, found in Ezekiel 43, 7 and 9. He said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever, and my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile neither they nor their kings by their whoredom nor by their carcasses of their kings in their high places. Now let them put away their whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. In Jerusalem, the graves are still there, so they disobeyed God. This temple would have been built, but it will never be realized on this present earth. But what Ezekiel was actually seeing is the new heavenly Jerusalem. Hebrews 12, 22 says, But ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. The comparison of Ezekiel's temple and that of the Jerusalem, the new heavens and earth, are amazing. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12 says, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, from right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate, by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. He brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen. Waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. 
Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward this east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, but they shall be healed. And everything shall live whether the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Engelim. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt, and by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issue out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Now. Listen at how it compares to the Jerusalem of the new heavens and new earth in Revelation 22, 1 through 2, which says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's the same river that Ezekiel saw. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. The same healing river, Ezekiel saw the same tree that he saw. You see, what they saw, he said, there would be fishers there by the river. Do you understand that the fishers, Jesus began to speak this to Peter, he said that I will make you fishers of men. If we are in the river, God is going to cause us to draw the people into the kingdom of God. Listen to Joel's description of the new Jerusalem in Joel 3, 17 through 20. And it says, so shall ye know that I am the Lord, your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, then shall Jerusalem be holy. And there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. Revelation says the very same thing here about passing through. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk. And all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters and a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness. For the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land, but Judah shall dwell forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. The creation of the new Jerusalem is important because God is trying to show us something. Isaiah 65 verse 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. 
Jeremiah 3.16 says, And it shall come to pass, when ye be multiplied and increased in the land, in those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it, neither shall they visit it, neither shall that be done any more. Notice the phrase, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it. The reason that the ark would not be remembered is because it was passing away. The ark was a symbol of the old covenant. Hebrews 8.13 says, and that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. The word old in this verse means to declare obsolete, decayed, or something that is waxed old like a garment. The creation of the new heavens and earth is parallel to the creation of the new covenant because Christ's death created it. John 14, two through three says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not, not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. This place was created by what he did on the cross. For Isaiah 65 and 18 says, but, ye, but be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem, a rejoicing in her people, a joy. The creation of the new Jerusalem shows us that Christ sent the Holy Spirit because it is the Spirit of God that brings the river that Ezekiel saw. And it began to bring this river on the day of Pentecost, for the kingdom did not come with observation, but it came with a sound. Uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what I'm talking about. On the day of Pentecost, the kingdom of God came with a sound. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, the kingdom had come with salvation and strength through the Holy Spirit. Revelation 12 and 10. The kingdom had come to house itself in the hearts of men and women and would grow into the mountain of the Lord's house that he's, Isaiah talked about and all would see it, Isaiah chapter two. Isaiah 11 describes the nature of the kingdom that came on Pentecost. Isaiah 11, six through nine says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you understand that what is being described here is the new birth? The winged child putting his hand on cockatrice's den is a picture of the born again believer with power over the works of Satan, the serpent, the asp, the cockatrice. This holy mountain is spiritual. Isaiah 66, 22 through 23 says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord.
But Revelation 21, uh, 1 and 22 and 23 and verse 25 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Remember, in the first time Jesus was talking, uh, to the woman at the well, he says, neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem, well, where people worship the Father. This was speaking of earthly Jerusalem or of, the, of this present earth. But do you understand those that are looking for fulfillment in a literal temple with old covenant sacrifices being instituted again are in grave danger. How will they celebrate this? How will they celebrate the new moons if there is no moon at all? It's symbolic of that which is eternal and everlasting. But we want to be vessels where the river of God that's clear as crystal is pouring into us and flowing out of us that brings healing to the nations. The heavenly Jerusalem, as I stated before, is a spirit or is in spirit that will appear when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Jesus comes after his heavenly millennial reign and his thousand year reign represents an extended period because it's not a literal thousand years. Please hear me what I'm saying. But he comes to judge this world after it. This is also the same time of the resurrection of all dead. The first resurrection that Revelation 20 speaks of is spiritual, representing our new birth and our ascension to seated heavenly places in Christ. Let me explain that a little further. John 5, 24 uh, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He says they shall not come into condemnation or judgment, but have passed from death unto life. Revelation 20 verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Why does the second death have no power over those of the first resurrection? Because they do not come into condemnation because we believe the Father concerning Christ. Notice what Jesus says in John 5:25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour cometh, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. This is speaking of a spiritual resurrection, the new birth. But how do we know this for sure? Because John 5, 28 and 29 says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So, the thousand years is not a literal gap between a physical resurrection of the righteous dead and the unrighteous dead, but it is the reign of the church with Christ. Ephesians 2, 6-7 says, 
and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. We rule with him and he rules in us. Christ rules on the heavenly throne of David. Acts 2, 29 through 35 says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. The reason why Peter is on David, not ruling here, is because of this passage in Jeremiah 30, verse nine, which says, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Jesus is that David. Jesus rules now from that heavenly Jerusalem, and we who are born again are assembled in worship toward that place, a place in the spirit where God dwells. He dwells in us. Revelation 21 and 3 says, And I heard a great voice in the, from out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Do you understand that God is building a people? He's building a church, not of brick and mortar, but of the stones of the spirit, building us together. And Father, we do pray for wisdom revelation to invade the atmosphere and let this word have free course, O God, and let it minister grace unto the hearers, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, that you are building the people of God in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Be blessed.